It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 462 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening. This week we have even more great interviews, and everything starts with the return of John Hervey from Black Tiger Legacy of Fury. He has an Indiegogo project going on right now for Magna the Last Pantheon. It's described as a supernatural fantasy-style adventure uncovering a mythical legacy that puts the world in peril. It'll conclude on December 17th, but don't wait. Support it as soon as you can. Next is Ed Jowett, who updates us with the latest from Shades of Vengeance, including his current Kickstarter that's converting their comic Infiltration into an audio adventure. It's described as a standalone audio short set in our dystopian sci-fi universe. After declaring war, the consortium needs to know more about its enemy. This project will end on Sunday, December 6th at 4 p.m., so don't delay supporting this great project. Then everything wraps up with a brief reminder from Frank Gogol, who talks about his excellent Source Point press comic, Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job, that you can pre-order now. Don't miss what he has to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome back to the podcast, John Hervey, the creator of such great things as Black Tiger, Legacy of Fury, and who was involved with Trouble Man and got other good things going on. Got a, a very successful Indiegogo campaign going on right now for Magna, The Last Pantheon, Volume 1. How you doing, John? Doing well, Wayne. How about yourself? Good, good. You are... You have a flexible goal on Indiegogo for $500 for this. And as we're recording, you are already at 412%. That's a great place to be. Yeah, I was really fortunate with this campaign. Um, we were able to reach our goal on the first day. Um, and I, that was, uh, I think a lot of that had to do with some folks that had backed Black Tiger. And uh, they were eager, uh, you know, eager to hop on to the next project. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, that, that's a nice place to be. And, you know, I always call, I used to say Kickstarter as a daily heart attack, but you get the same thing in Indiegogo. You know, if, if you go on and nothing's changed since the last time you looked at it, you start to worry, oh, no, are people going <laughs> to keep doing it? You know, but that, you don't have to worry about that right now. You were in a, a the, the catbird seat looking on this. Good yeah, stuff. I'll tell you, though, these things are still roller coasters. Um, you know, the, the goal is only $500 because the book is already produced. So, you know, fundamentally, it's about, you know, raising capital uh, to print the book and distribute the book to folks as they as they uh, follow, but also um, to fund the next, uh, not volume two, because volume two is already produced, but the next story arc. Wow. Okay. Well, why don't we dive into it? Because I'm, I'm curious about some of the stuff about this good thing. It's called Magna, the last pantheon. That's why correct. is it called that Magna, the last pantheon? I don't, I don't, I don't see that Magna word in any of the, the sample pages and stuff. So I'm just curious where that comes from. So, uh, and, and I think it's just a good opportunity for us to get into kind of the premise of the story. So, uh, 
It's a story of a protagonist. Her name is uh, Cotty Scogsholm, and she finds herself. Um, well, she starts off. She, she's living a very provincial life in a fictitious city called Tree City, Idaho, and this is in 1942. Um, and uh, she um, basically kind of the call call to call to action is she and her family are uh, attacked by a creature, and she uses her extraordinary uh, strength and abilities to protect her family. And, uh, you know, at this point, you know, the family, uh, you know, makes, you know, she, she learns that she is actually adopted. They adopted her and this sends her on a quest, uh, to find out, you know, a a hero's journey, but also a journey of self-discovery. And this takes her to, uh, the homeland of her adoptive parents in Finland and historically in Finland in 1942, that was a very, um, you know, amazing and, and horrific time uh, in Finland as uh, both uh, Germany and, and Russia uh, were, were assaulting Finland and, and occupying. Uh, so she returns to Finland and finds herself uh, a, a little bit in uh, in, in, in the, in the midst of, uh, a war, you know, world war two hadn't landed here on the shores of, of America, but it was, uh, very much going on in Europe. And from there, she, um, actually finds herself in Asgard and, uh, she basically is befriended or taken in by a group of, uh, the last of the mighty men, the last of uh, the, the deities of old. So it's a hodgepodge pantheon. There's some from the Aesir, some from Olympians, some from the Egyptian pantheon, and some from the Chinese pantheon. And they've banded together for survival. So they're the last of their kind. Hmm. And uh, they're, being, they're being wiped out. And she finds herself not only in the middle of their struggle, but she finds herself being a linchpin as to whether they – uh, and she will survive. And this is the first volume. So the 75 pages of this first volume, it's basically the first half of the story arc. Gets you well entrenched into the story, well entrenched into the world. It's the same world as Black Tiger, but we have a different setting and a different time period. And I think it does a, a really good job of setting you up and, and getting you in the midst of a pretty fast-paced, fun adventure. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna got asked though. Why is it called Magna? It's the last pantheon. What's a Magna? That's a, that's a little a, bit of a reveal, though. Oh, okay. I kind of okay, 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 want to okay. tell you, but if I if I tell you, it's gonna uh, it's gonna give away more of. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great question, but if yeah, I give yeah. it to you, <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll start you'll start you'll start uh, figuring out my story arc too fast. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> If you tell me you got to kill me, kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. I'll worry about that later then. The thing I got to do is read the book. That, that's what I have to do at that point. So, okay. That's very good. I am always a big fan of strong female leads. And I like this character. She is, she, she doesn't hold back. This is one of the things I really like. The sample pages that are on the Indiegogo page are really interesting. I really like to see her. She's, she's attacked by what they call a dog creature, the family is. And then she ends up 
looks like something like angels or birdmen are attacking her at another point right. and stuff like that. So there's all kinds of things. So there's a little slip somebody calls this one girl Isis. And so I assume that's the, the that is. Egyptian lady. So there's that all is. kinds of interesting things going on with it. It's, it's uh, you know, of course, I'm, I'm curious as to why she is the way she is. Is she... Gosh, I, I, I hate to spoil stuff or even suggest stuff at this point, but let's just say it looks like she might be in some way similar to the people that uh, in the in this pantheon or group. Fair so enough. So. Yeah. So yeah. she she finds herself in league with them and definitely finds commonality amongst them. Yeah, it's really interesting. And of course, I get the the Nordic names and the, the those kinds of things are interesting. I'm glad I was going to ask why 1942. I'm glad you explained that because I, I'm always interested why people choose certain years. If it's not the modern era, I'm just curious as to why. And you've explained that pretty well. I like that. That's a, a great way to do that. I, I have... I'm always interested when people choose other time periods because that is such an interesting thing because we're so used to today's time and stuff like That's that. True. You, you you do face a little bit of a challenge though. You have to be really careful not to introduce technology from today and things like that. Was was, oh, was yeah. that was that a, a difficult thing for you or, or is it – some people prefer other non-technological eras and stuff like that. Was that part of the reason why you wanted 1942? So, I mean, part of it, um, so, so part of it definitely was that, you know, because even as I write the stories for like Black Tiger, Black Tiger presents a whole different dynamic and challenge. If you're in a world where everybody has a cell phone, everyone has a camera, mm-hmm. you know, and, and retaining a secret identity mm-hmm. in a world where basically there's nowhere to hide that's a whole different level of challenge, you know, that, that black tiger faces and, Mm -hmm. and her, as a result, her, you know, inadvertently, she, she does get discovered at times by people. Um, you know, this isn't, this is an era in which that's much less of a, uh, of a concern, much less of a problem. Mm Um, there's also, I also enjoy uh, in my stories kind of, I I like the mashups. I like, I like mixing in different elements. So for those of you that back Black Tiger, there's there's some old school Hong Kong kind of movie elements to it, but there's also some uh, Chow Yun Fat 1990s Hong Kong kind of feel to it. There's a little bit of an old kind of American gangster feel to it. And then there's just your Batman or Daredevil kind of feel to the book, kind of all mixed into one. Um, and with this book, with Magna, you have uh, – the historic elements of what's going on as a result, you know, in the world of world war two, you get a perspective from uh, the family first uh, in Idaho. And then you get to see what's going on firsthand in Europe. Uh, I also like the, I've always been intrigued. Even when I was growing up, I was always intrigued by uh, kind of the stories of the different pantheons and just how these beings with such power could be so petty and, you know, and just so human, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's just, you know, uh, powers aside, you know, they just have the same hangups and, and concerns and issues that humans do. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm always interested because, you know, just because you've got powers doesn't mean that you are above other people. Exactly. You know, sometimes I think having powers magnifies 
characters traits and i think that's part of what's going there's one of the pages you see that she's talking with some of these people and the two of them i one of them's isis and then there's another one looks like an an egyptian headdress or something and the two of them are, are saying how they're not impressed by her and I'm thinking, wow, I mean, she's just heaving stuff all over the place and beating a, a dog creature and all kinds of things, and they're not impressed? I thought that's okay. I, what does impress those people? That's what I was kind of interested to find out. Well, it's it's very human reactions. You know, sometimes people are posturing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes – and well, there's a lot of posturing, in fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, all these things, you know, kind of – these are first impressions and – you know, of course, if if uh, people, you know, kind of feel like they're above someone else, you know, they, mm-hmm. you know, they want to promote that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all kind of it all it all reveals itself as the story, and and their respective personalities reveal themselves as the story unfolds. Now, how did you choose the people in this pantheon? I mean, I, like, like I keep referring to Isis. She's obviously mm-hmm. there. Other people are there, and, and they, they, we don't exactly know who is who yet. How did you go about choosing? Were, were there ones that you liked? Uh, did they provide a function that you wanted in the story? How did you go through and choose those people? Yeah, you know, a num- these are very much dynamic characters that help move the story forward. Some of them uh, – I, I very much liked how they were portrayed in in the myths, and I needed those kind of characters to keep the story uh, perpetuating. And and some of them, I took very much free license <laughs> about their stories, and you'll get to see that. And um, it provides a very different twist on some of these uh, very very human but powerful characters. And you know, that's I think that's one of the things that's so interesting about anything, whether it's from a, you know, whether mythological or even historical perspective, you know, history is, is always, it's always written by someone and someone that has a perspective. So is there, is there really any such thing as, you know, an unbiased telling of a story? Probably not, Mm -hmm. you know, so some of the characters, you know, you'll recognize them by name. And then as you kind of get to know the character more, you're like, Hey, that's not how that character was portrayed. And, in mythology and you know you kind of you kind of see how uh you know how how this character's um you know their reputation kind of went before them but they really weren't anything like their reputation mm-hmm. well of course you know we, the phrase is always that history is written by the victors and yes. they might go and want you they might want to appear a certain way in those things. And it may not be how they really are, but that's what they wanted to be seen. So that could be what's going on here. Exactly. So there's a, there's a healthy dose of that as well. And then by the end of the book, a lot of the false pretenses have been, they've fallen. And, uh, you know, the characters are faced with uh, their own stark realities. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting to see at the beginning, we kind of see that there's that initial battles going on and some of the people that are understood as to be as gods and stuff like that. They're not faring all too well when things go on, which is interesting to see because normally they're very above the fray and they don't do anything. But to see them actually, you're starting out in a place that I'm not used to seeing these characters in. And I thought that was a good way to start. It, It makes me go, what's going on here? So well, I like that a lot. Yeah, and one of the elements I was I was tying together um, all of these different uh, mythos. They all 
have, uh, of course, uh, an origin and a beginning, but they all have stories of the endings of these pantheons. And I was, you know, one of the things this, this does is kind of tie those endings together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, like, as I mentioned, there are some winged characters that are they're coming after her at one point. Yes. And I, I have a thing about winged characters. I always like them. Angels or like Hawkman is a big one. Birdman yes. who was on a cartoon. All these winged characters, even Batman who has, wears a cape and doesn't have wings necessarily because the character he's emulating has wings. I'm always kind of fascinated by it. But the interesting thing is that panel that has these characters introduced has one word in it death mm-hmm. and i thought that was really interesting because i'm not used to that i'm used to especially white ones with white wings and blonde hair and stuff like that i'm used to those being good angels and yet they yes. are at that point doing something i didn't think was very angelic <laughs> and that's you know and that's the point and i i am not going to spoil it but i think mm-hmm. you're hitting on all the points of this book mm-hmm. and the question if ultimately one of the things that you'll see throughout the story uh, or, or questioning are things as they seem. And in, in this volume, there's going to be a lot that's presented to you. And in the second volume, which will follow uh, relatively quickly within a couple of quarters, uh, we're going to follow because we're actually going to follow next with the next Black Tiger volume. And then after that, we'll, we'll, we'll finish up this Magna volume and, and you will, there will be a revealing. There will be a revealing of, who all these creatures really are as opposed to what they look like. Mm-hmm. But, I, but it is, it, it was meant to be shocking as well because okay, it's a contrast. Cause I, I was like, what, you know, how does this happen? You know, kind of stuff. So of course that gets my attention. Uh, I want to get back to the main character for a second, because there's, there's one thing about her that stands out to me. And you know, granted she is larger than life, shall we say, She is, but she's also a ginger. She is. And historically, gingers are known like like Vikings would go around into villages, and after they would leave, uh, uh, one of the women in the village would have a ginger child. Mm. And I'm I, I'm I'm curious about that. Is is the fact that she's a ginger? Let me ask it in a, in a better way. Maybe it, is the fact that she's a ginger important? Yeah, not not in the maybe not in the way that you think, but it actually okay. is. And okay. you'll be able to connect some dots. So there is definitely a, there is definitely significance to the fact that she is. Yes. Okay. Okay, that's good. Because when I look at there's a group of pantheons, and I don't want to at one point Isis, who I seem to have glommed on, she's pointing with a staff at her. Mm-hmm. And I notice that she's the ginger of the group. Everybody else yes. is different colored hairs, and but they're not ginger like she is. So that 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 fascinates me. There's there's something going on with that. And I, I try to pay attention to details and stuff like that because you know sometimes that has something to do with what's going on in the story. Well, because so. it is, and it's a pronouncement about who she is, and they recognize that. Okay, very good, very good. Now, there's the first couple of panels. There's one I really like where she is basically picking up a tank, <laughs> which I really, you know, that gives you a strong sense, of, a strong sense. Yeah, that gives you an, uh, an uh, ability to understand that she is a powerful person, right? As far as that goes. And now, tanks, of course, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated because tanks are really strong, crushing things, and here she is picking it up. So that gives us a, a pretty good idea her power level right away, which is one of the things that we talk about in there that's really interesting is that the parents are trying to basically keep her away from people who might wish her harm. 
That's right. And I, I'm fascinated by that. I'm, I'm, parents are great for that, you know, but children forever trying to get away from that. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm interested in that because that, that, that's a theme I'm always, when I bump into, I'm always kind of fascinated by. You know, we, we appreciate parents that want the best for their children, but sometimes what they want is not necessarily what's best for the kids. That's right. And so I have a feeling that's one of the avenues you're going to be exploring is, you know, the parents, uh, why they're doing what they're doing. And, you know, they probably know what's going on better than we do at this point. But we're going to learn as we go along. Well, you're going to, the great thing is in this, in this volume, um, you are going to get uh, the perspective of the parents. Uh, they, they reveal uh, to Kadi what they know about her past. And, uh, you know, it's, of course, intertwined with, with their past and, and how she came to be in their care. Um, and it also reveals why they left, um, why they left Finland to come to uh, the new country. Uh, you know, it wasn't simply about opportunity. It was about trying to you know, escape something else that was larger than life. They were accomplishing something by doing that. Yes, Okay, so that's good. Well, it's it's all really interesting. I I, I have to state the, the the sentence underneath the name of the thing. It says a supernatural fantasy style adventure, uncovering a mythical legacy that puts the world in peril. Mm-hmm. I like all that. I, this supernatural fantasy adventure is the word that I, that I always enjoy. I, I we don't get nearly enough adventure. There's too much in my mind, and there's too much discussion going on in comics, especially Agreed. A, a visual medium like that. You've got to be able to keep us turning the pages. If I turn the page and I see a gray blob of of dialogue, <laughs> many many times I go, okay, they'll probably explain that later, and I just move on. I don't bother to take a half hour to read that but uh, the the nice thing about your stuff and this is true in black tiger as well is that things happen you know i turn the page and something's going on and i'm going oh i gotta see what's going on here which is great i I love that in your work in your writing and i think the artwork uh, does a great job with that as well so uh, this is one things i applaud about your books and always look forward to seeing things going on i mean i just you know uh, just such a great thing to see in a comic (laughs) i appreciate that i think you know, the funny thing about writing a comic, and it's probably, it's, it's, it's writing in any vein, you know, writing is rewriting and rewriting and editing and rewriting. You know, ultimately you get to a place where the pictures should be telling a story as well as the words. And, um, you know, a, a mentor of mine told me, you know, when you, when you pick up a book, because what he would always do was he would actually, first thing he would do when he would get a book is he would just go through the images, and he's like, he's like, I won't know exactly what's going on. He's like, but I, there should be a flow and I should have an idea of what's going on. It's like, if I'm not getting an idea, then the pictures aren't telling enough of the story. There's, there's It's just going to be somebody throwing up all over the page, having to explain everything. Mm-hmm. The pictures have to tell the story and then the words need to accommodate that. Yeah. It needs to propel things forward. Yes. You know, both the pictures and the words should move things forward, not drag us down. And I, I hate to say it. See, one of the biggest troubles I, I when I run into certain writers is that they feel as a writer, it's their job to throw a lot of words on the page. That shows that they're writing. And I don't think that's the sign of a good writer. I think the sign of a good writer is making me turn the page and go, now what, now what, now what? That's a good writer. 
yeah. to me. And I, and I think oftentimes writers feel that they're being judged by, well, I need to show people that I'm smart as I'm, you know, and the whole point of this is that this is escapism. Yes. The whole point is you want to be able to tell a fun, compelling story. And it's just like you said, Wayne, that makes you want to turn the next page. If you're reading pages and you don't feel compelled to turn the next page, something's wrong. Yeah. That's, that's, and I hate to say it, there's a lot of writers who do that. They kind of feel like, well, I'm such a great writer that they're going to have to do that. And it really bogs down into your stories. Don't do that. And this one doesn't do that. Even the sample pages that I look at, I am going like, now what? Now what? what, what? I, I'm, I'm scrolling down the page to see what the next page is going to have going on. Cause there's, there's things happening and I got to know. This is the thing. I, I, I want to know what's really going on and where we're going with here. 75 pages is going to be a really interesting read. Uh, I always kind of feel that people do what we ca- have what I call trade paperback itis. They, they write for trade paperbacks, even if they're doing individual issues, mm-hmm. they come to a certain point and nothing really happens till the last panel, of the last page. And that's to get you to come back. Next that's time. terrible. <laughs> that's I, so I, annoying. I, and not only that, usually that picture is on the cover. <laughs> right. And, and I'm going like, you know, why did I bother to buy this book if the if I already know it's going to be at the last page? Right. And then you got to buy the trade to get the whole story, which used to be in one issue in, in days past. So I like your writing, and I think this this magna looks really good because I think there's you've got a strong female, you got me right away with that, but then you've also got really interesting mythological things happening, and it's all I mean, poor old. Uh, Katty is getting thrown around on these pages. I feel for her, you know. She's getting stomped on by the dog creature. She's getting thrown into things. Stuff's happening to her. And, and then she has to confront these much stronger, or apparently much stronger beings than her. So she's always being challenged. And, you know, I think one of the problems I have with comics is that they don't challenge the person or make us feel for them. Exactly. But you do. I think that's a great thing the way you do. I mean, her character, I'm already invested. I'm going like, i got to see what happens to this person. I, I have to know. And, really and to me, that's the fun. You know, I, when, when stories, when, when characters don't learn things in stories, when characters don't develop in stories, it becomes very drab. And, you, and you, you're not invested. You know, you don't, you're, you don't have any interest, you know, in the characters. You know, we're basically taking someone who has – for the most part, been hidden all of her life. And she has this power, but she's never implemented it. Hmm. And she's, she's never had to fight. Hmm. She's never seen anyone at even close to her power level. Hmm. So, so these, these are, this is all new for her. Mm -hmm. It's really going to be fascinating. I just, I can't wait to see it now. According to the the Indiegogo page, it looks like a lot of these are going to come out in March of 2021. As I was reading, as you said too, your production's already complete. So it's basically the printing process, which sometimes these days, especially delivery is also not necessarily a guaranteed thing anymore. I know. So, Oh, it's my brother was waiting for a letter to come and it took like over a month longer and he couldn't understand where it was. It just one day showed up and there was no indication to where it was for a month. But uh, and it was literally across town. It was where the letter was coming from. So yeah, it just appears out of the ether. You're, you're yeah. like, what, what happened? <laughs> and and uh, so, you know, it, that's probably a good time. You, you may beat that date considering how 
far in advance you are as far as the production goes, which is congratulations on that too. I mean, that, that is a wonderful thing when you are this far ahead, not only in the, in the, the financial area, but also as far as the production goes, boy, I, I wish everybody took that to heart. Cause there's a lot of people I have, I have literally backed and I have never seen stuff from, and I, I, to me, I, I just think that you set a good example. I, I wish more people would look at your stuff and say, that's how it needs to be done. Yeah, I've, I've backed some things that have never materialized as well. And it's always disheartening. And, you know, my perspective as someone who not just makes books, but I, but I back a lot of books, back a lot, oh man, I back a lot of books, um, is that, you know, it, the, there, the person that's backing should not be at risk. Mm-hmm. If somebody's backing your book, then you should have the confidence to get that person their book or else you need to give them their money back. Mm-hmm. So the, the primary risks are around production. Mm-hmm. So if that risk is already mitigated, the production is already completed. All we're doing at this point is, okay, you know, worst case scenario is maybe things get delayed you know, because of what's going on worldwide, you know, we're going to eventually get the books printed and we're going to eventually get them shipped out to you. So it's not a matter of, did this guy even finish the production of the book? No, it's already done. We just Mm -hmm. need to get it to the printer and get it distributed and then get into everybody's hands. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's a great place to be. I mean, I, I, I wish I could tell you how many times I've looked at the stuff and I've gone, why did I back this again? But it, it's, you know, the, the, the artwork is strong. Story is interesting. Characters are fascinating. I, I just think this is going to be good. Now, this is the first of two parts, right? That's correct. So two 75-page volumes. Okay. Is that going to wrap this whole storyline up or are there other stories that could grow out of this? Oh, so – that will wrap this story arc up, just kind of like Black Tiger did in that one volume. Black Tiger kind of that story arc wrap, but then you're, it's a springboard to more adventures. That's exactly what this is going to do. So it'll wrap up this particular story arc, and it's going to spring you right into a new set of adventures. And it's the new adventures that, that any other excess capital that we get from the book is going to start funding the production for. Very cool. So you're already into hopefully some of that money moving you forward as far as that goes, because, you know, as we're talking, you're at 412 percent of the five hundred dollar goal, which is, you know, a wonderful place to be. And that that guarantees that you're going to you we have more good stories coming from you. That That's what we we're looking forward to. I appreciate that. And, I, you know, we've got. Um you know, we, I think we've got some very fun and intriguing stories that people are going to enjoy. It's, it's, a, it's a good ride, and the character continues to develop. I think that's one of the things that's important with, with comics as well, is just uh, that the characters don't stagnate, that they, they, stay, uh, they stay intriguing, and, and they do that by continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. By changing and, and becoming something, and, and, and you know, we look at them and we kind of feel for them. Oftentimes, if they're growing, there's something that, that we can relate to in their experience. And it's, it, it, I, I do want to go back to Black Tiger because I yes. really enjoyed I enjoyed that book tremendously. I Thank thought you. I appreciate that. And again, there was growth going on there. There was this business between the brother and the sister that was a fascinating story about that and, and, and what was going on between them and, and the whole Black Tiger legacy yes. going on. That, that to me, was a really interesting book. Is, is that the end of Black Tiger or are there other Black Tiger stories you might be doing? So as we will be delivering this in March – Mm-hmm. Uh, also, at the end of Q1, we're going to launch the next uh, Black Tiger campaign. Mm. Uh, so we have 
um, uh, we wanted to provide since that was since that book was the first book, not just for Black Tiger, but for the universe. That's why we provided such a big book with one full story arc. But we're going to start doing like we're doing with this book for Magna. Uh, so we're going to we're going to chop it down into a little bit smaller bits. I think it's about 60 something pages. Mm-hmm. Um, that volume will be, and then we'll do a little bit of alternating. We'll, we'll get, we'll start that campaign at the end of Q1, deliver it in Q2, and then start the next Magna campaign in Q2, deliver that in Q3. And then in Q3, we'll start the next Black Tiger campaign. And this all, everything I'm talking about right now, everything's already produced. Hmm. So, so we're trying to gain some traction and get a little bit of a runway. And then if we're able to get some capital from these books, then we can kind of keep the production going. We can kind of stay ahead of the curve. We can keep the books, you know, so that when campaigns open, the books are already produced and then people don't have to worry about that. It's just a matter of, are you enjoying the story? Mm-hmm. Which is great, you know, cause the, the way that you're doing this is, I, I remember reading a, a, a Kickstarter. Somebody said, look, I've got this great idea. Give me money. I'll turn it into a comic book. And we were like, uh, yeah. Uh, what's to say you take, don't take our money and take a long vacation somewhere instead of working on the comic book. So and a lot of people. That's happens. I, I got, <laughs> I got a message from a book that I hadn't heard from a long time. And the first thing they said is like, sorry, you haven't heard from me. Life happened. I'm like I get it. Life happened, but yeah, I, I wasn't trying to fund that. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I, was try, I was trying to fund the, you know, I was trying to get the book. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing. See, it, it's I know one person in particular. I, I happened to see them at a convention. This tells you how long ago it was. And I said to him, I said, whatever happened to that book? Oh, well, we had to pay bills. And so I had to stop doing that. And I was like, oh, I said, well, if I'd have known that, I might have been less likely to, to donate to it. If you just yeah. if you were honest about it and you needed money for your bills, there's there's ways to get yeah, money. You can do a GoFundMe or something like that, but yeah, yeah you're yeah. like I, I wasn't planning on paying your bills. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the I want the comic doc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. So I get it, you know, it's kind of funny to me. I, I I'm I'm interested too in the, the Beyond Time universe. Yes. I, I the name intrigues me because you know Black Tiger is in one time, and this one is in a different time. The Beyond Time universe does that have significance as far as the stories we're going to see you guys tell? Most definitely, and my wife is the one that came up with the name. That was actually the first name that she came up with for the company, and we must—I don't know how many names and iterations we went through—but it's the most appropriate name for the company because. We want to tell stories. They're not going to be in chronological order, but you know, the promise is that it will all be canon. So, so we're not going to undo anything that we've done. Um, so we're telling, and, and we do have a, a broad vision. Um, you know, we're introducing Magna here in 1942 and there's, there's, there's reason and purpose for that. And we have black tiger. You basically the book you read, you actually got to see four different black tigers. You got to see, transition to the brother and there was the sister and then there's their grandpa. So you got a, you got a very kind of wide view of that legacy. And, and the whole point of that was to, to make people understand the mantle. Like if you basically as many people have that have been Batman, Bruce Wayne is Batman mm-hmm. and Bruce Wayne will always be Batman mm-hmm. with black tiger. It's a mantle that's been held over time. So even in 1942, there was a Black Tiger, not the ones from the books that you saw, but there was someone that was the Black Tiger. 
So in that way, Black Tiger perpetuates throughout time, just through different people. Okay, and I imagine that this book is going to have, might have some of that magna, might have something timely regarding that, uh, what's going on too. Is that, is that a, a safe uh, assumption or is that something that we'll have to read to find out? That's a safe assumption. Okay. You know, and you're, you're, you're not going, you will eventually see all these different elements intertwine. It won't be in this volume. But you will you will see that, and it's been it's been constructed that way. Mm-hmm. Now, before we leave the the Indiegogo on that, I, I had a kick out of some of the the levels or the perks, as they call it on Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. You had the, the Magna Digital, uh, which is the you get the uh, the digital version of it. There's also, and I, I I just can't pronounce these beautiful names. There's a commission, the featured one, uh, Marcio Abreu. Okay, yeah, because you do that better than I ever could. And you get a commission, apparently. You get the book and a commission. Is that what's going on with that? Yeah, so what you get is, of course, so there's three covers for the book that you can choose from. So you get a book, and you choose which cover you want. And Marcio will do a bust commission. So basically an 8 by 10 bust sketch of any character you're choosing. And it also includes, because a lot of people are not just comic book lovers, but they have their own characters. If you give him a reference, he'll do a bust sketch of your character. Hmm. And, wow. uh, and he's amazing. Uh, hmm. You know, I, what I kind of put there on the campaign, since he had done uh, a lot of work on, on Red Sonia, was, was uh, Red Sonia uh, bust as, as an example for hmm. what you would get from hmm. Marcio. Wow. That's cool stuff. There's, there's, oh, there's the paperback graphic novel Torque cover, number two. That's the one where she's picking up the tank. Yes. Which is a good one. Then there's the Vieira cover. That's the one where she's looking up into the uh, other powered character, shall we say. That's right. And kind of whenever I've done covers, I've always wanted the covers to uh, be representative of the main theme in that issue. So this graphic novel is, in effect, three issues. And that's why there's three covers. So you, this is really broken up into three issues. And, you know, and the first one, it has her on there. And, you know, the wolf creature is, you know, upon her. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really kind of her call to action. And that's what that first cover is. And Elizabeth Torque did an amazing and uh, just a beautiful job with, with that cover. And, um, you know, when she made that cover, I was just like, wow, where do you go from there? That's such an amazing cover. And then cover number two, uh, where she is in Finland and, uh, you know, she's battling a Russian army. She's hoisting this tank and, and protecting a little girl, you know, with the snow kicking. And I was like, OK, well, wow. <laughs> OK, I guess I guess you I guess you can. The color in that one, the color in that one particularly got me because it's, it's the first one is kind of stark colors. And when we get to the snow stuff, it's a little uh, subdued. In yeah. the color choices, which I liked because, you know, in the middle of a snowstorm, you're not going to have bright colors going on. You, you're lucky if you can see much. Right. So I love the the choice of colors and the, the subdued palette that they use for that. It's fun. And I, I love the snow. I love the snow, how um, you get the feeling that the treads of the of the tank are just running and the snow is kicking and, you know, it's kicking up snow and rocks. And, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I love the feeling of, of mm-hmm. that picture. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got to ask you a question with, with the differences between two of the levels. There's one called the Magna Graphic Novel Trifecta, mm-hmm. but then there's the Magna Double Trifecta, and the prices are different. What's the difference between those two? Okay. 
So for the graphic novel trifecta, you get um, three copies of the, of the graphic novel. So you get all three covers. Okay. And um, there is also a print trifecta. So you get all three of those covers as prints, as 11 by 17 prints. And then the double trifecta is where you get all three all three books with each each of the three covers and each of the three prints. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes good sense. Now the, the last one down here is the Rod Super Luber Commission. Yes. What, what's that about? So Rod, who is the penciler of Black Tiger, he is going to provide uh, for for anyone who so chooses a full body. Uh, commission and it's a full body eight by 10 pencil and ink drawing of any character of the person's choice. So once again, if somebody has a character of their own that they want, they can provide a, they can provide a, you know, just some kind of references and, and he'll do that. Or if it's a character that you love, like Captain America or, you know, whoever it is, he'll, he'll do that. Wow. Well, that's cool. Really great stuff. Now I got one more question for you. Yes, I was sir. going through, your description uh, and it's called the profile on Indiegogo. And I got to the last sentence and it says, I have written the Beyond Time miniseries Black Tiger Legacy of Fury, Magna the Last Pantheon, but then there's two I haven't heard of before. That's right. One's the, pos- the Posse Fugitive mm-hmm. and right. then Orphan's Family. Are, are, is that kind of a hint as to what we have coming in the future from you? Yes. So the universe um, is expanding and growing. And those are books that, as we, you know, look to put out a book on a quarterly basis, uh, those are books that are also going to be in the rotation. Uh, they, they, they too expand, like I was saying, they expand the universe, mm-hmm. and um, they are, you know, as we as we kind of as we kind of world build, you'll be able to see how all of these different stories interplay with each other. Mm. I like that when you already have things in mind and you're, you're, you're looking ahead to things like that. I think that's a great way to do it. Are you ever going to, of course, being a comics guy, I've got to ask this. Are you ever going to cross these guys over into like a team experience? That can definitely happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that can I, definitely I, happen. I, I, I can't help myself. I, I, I was there when the Justice League first came, the Justice League of America first came. And I remember looking at it and going, oh, my gosh, look at all those characters in the same book. And from that day to this, I sort of, whenever I see team-ups or, or the possibility of team-ups, I get excited because I, you get to learn things about the characters that you didn't know when they're on their own. Right. So I, I'm interested to see how – Number one, how are you going to make this happen? Because Black Tiger is in the present and Magna is in 1942. Uh, the Posse Fugitive sounds like a Western sort of setup. And Orphan's Family, I'm not sure where that is. So I'm not sure how you're going to, of course, Beyond Time, of course, is the. <laughs> yes, all indeed. <laughs> and maybe you're going to take all of them out of their own time zones and bring them together in one place or something. I don't know what you have in mind. But this, when you say Beyond Time, you've got all kinds of possibilities. So I am. I'm looking forward to these. I mean, I, Black Tiger really whetted my, my my interest in all these good things. And I'm fascinated by Magnum because, you know, like I said, strong female, you got me right away. I love that stuff. And the, the situation around her is fascinating. You know, of course, a fish out of water stuff. You know, we are that – we experience that like she does. Exactly. When she's looking when she's looking up into those uh, godlike characters, we're looking up into those godlike characters. Now I'm going like, what is that? So – we are experiencing 
through her eyes this kind of stuff and i really like that so it's all your stories are like i said are just full of adventure and action and keep me going and i just i'm dying to know what's going to happen on the next page so you know all i can say is it, it get to indiegogo support magna the last the last pantheon volume one and uh you've got until december 17th but don't wait until then uh be sure to get in there and 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 contribute and make these things happen because it sure sounds like John, you've got a lot of wonderful things coming and I want to see what those are. Oh, you know, and I, and you know, really this is made possible by people like yourself that have, uh, you know, taken the opportunity to, to back like black tiger, uh, that really gave us, uh, the, I think the foundation and, and even the confidence just to continue to move forward and, and realize that we can provide, Stories that that people want to read, you know, it's just some good, fun uh, stories with that are that are well paced and have some fun twists in them. You know, we 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 have uh, we have enough going on in our in our daily lives. You know, want to be able to enjoy stories that that take you away. It's, it's wonderful stuff. So just keep it up. Appreciate that. Thank you. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, from flesh and blood, I can be ignored, I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast, so you can keep reading your comics. Always great to catch up with Ed Jowett from Shades of Vengeance, who makes comics and games and audio, all kinds of good things. How's it going, Ed? It's going great, Wayne. Thank you. Um, apologies to anyone who's listening to my sound and going, hang on, last time he was on, that didn't sound so, you know, bouncy. Uh, yeah, I've, I've just moved house, so I guess technically Shades of Vengeance has moved headquarters. Um, very exciting. A uh, lot more space. I have my own office now rather than sharing a, a, a bedroom or a, um, uh, or, or a living room um, as I was when we last spoke. So that's awesome. And uh, yeah, it's, um, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're busy as always. You know, you know very well that I like to keep busy mm -hmm. as much as I can. That's good for us. <laughs> So uh, let's do you got a Kickstarter going on. I always like to get to the good stuff right away that, that need to go. Why don't you talk about what the Kickstarter is? And then we'll talk about, you said there's great future things coming on that we should talk about too. There are indeed. But yeah, as you say, the Kickstarter. So way, 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 way back. This one might even have been with John. It's that long ago now. We did a comic called The Bug War. Or, or a series of comics called The Bug War, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, the first one was called Declaration. Um, the second one was called Infiltration, and the third one was called Mobilization. And 
what we've been doing recently, and I, I'm not entirely sure, but I think we might have spoken about it at least briefly, um, is we've been turning some of these into audio dramas. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that, that interests me. You know, what, what are the differences between the same story in different media? And uh, what we've got on Kickstarter right now is actually the second of those. So it's called The Bug War Number 2, Infiltration. And um, it is the story of... So, so the first, I should say, the first story in brief, um, there is a disastrous first contact with an alien race for the science fiction society, the Consortium. And when the Consortium... Uh, sort of realizes that not only have they lost, you know, the, the first contact party, but it contained some of the most important people in the consortium. And Declaration, the first one, is about the daughter of arguably the most important person in the entire society, the CEO of Hayden Bank, uh, which is the most powerful company because it controls all of the money. And she died. Uh, the the mother died um, in the um, uh, in the in the first contact. And the daughter is this party girl. I mean, she is what Bruce Wayne pretends to be. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in Batman. And um, she, um, you know, she she's suddenly told. By the way, now you're in charge of the most important organization in the galaxy. Your mother's dead too, by the way. Um, and obviously she takes that pretty hard. And, and that comic is about her learning to overcome this, this problem and learning to live with it and be the person who not only the consortium, but her mother needed her to be. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of revelations about her mother, about, you know, when her mother was her age, she wasn't all that different, you know, um, and and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of very sort of relatable stuff for parents and for children. It's it's one of those things where you realize that your your parents aren't like the ultimate in they knew exactly what they were doing. They just did the best they could, you know. Um, and I think that's pretty much universally true about parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was the first comic. So. What we do then is we follow the story along, and while Haishang Hayden, the main character from the previous comic, does appear in this story, um, both comic and, and audio, um, it's about her actions following uh, uh, this climactic moment at the end of the first story where, where she says, you know, like it or not, the consortium is now at war. You know, that, that's just the way it is. Um, and, uh, you know, we pick up like even hours afterwards and the, the leader of the second most powerful company, which is the military company of the consortium sort of storms into her office and says, revenge isn't a reason for war, you know, and, and, and this kind of bluster that he's giving us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we get to see that she is actually, you know, she was ready to be the CEO more than she realized because she handles him extremely well. But she ends up having to make a a commitment that what she'll do is have all of the information he will need to conduct an attack before he has the fleet together. So what she does is um, she calls on Liam Payne, 
Um, who's the you know the guy who's kind of prominent in the in the Kickstarter image? And Liam is what's known as a shade. He's a secret operative for Hayden Bank, and they take orders from the CEO. But for the most part, they wander around and do whatever's needed to um, you know uh, make sure that Hayden Bank stays on top, basically. Uh, that's what the organization was made for by by someone 200 years earlier. They have a wide latitude. But but she sends this guy, Liam, to go and investigate the aliens. And this is, you know, so she is very heavily involved in the story. But this is his story fundamentally. And he, you know, he goes and, and he travels there and it takes, you know, he's given an experimental ship that's really fast and has stealth capabilities and so on. Um, and he lands there and he sort of infiltrates these these insectoid aliens. And he starts off, you know, with, okay, and, you know, they're, they're very ant-like, you know, um, they, they're obvious workers. There seem to be, you know, ones that tell them what to do. Okay, right. So, you know, they're, they're kind of like an ant colony. And then over time, you know, as he watches them for four days, he realizes gradually that the things that affect a human society are the things that affect an alien society. You know, are we secure? Are we going to survive? Uh, do we have food? Um, you know, uh, are our children okay? All of those things that affect humans, they're just as much a thing for the aliens. I described this guy as um, as sort of having the heart of an explorer and the soul of a poet. Um, I think that suits him very, very well. He's very... He doesn't talk a lot, but when he talks, it matters. You, you listen to every word he says. And we got the perfect voice actor to do Liam. Um, his name's Josip Simic. Um, and he's actually featured in a few of our other recordings that we've not yet released. And uh, the joke is that his character always dies. Um, and I'm not going to tell you whether Liam dies or survives this story, because uh, I don't want to spoil that. But, um, you know, Yosep y- plays every character that dies, it seems. Mm. Okay. Um, which, is, which is very funny. It's, it's good fun. Um, but he's got this very deep, powerful voice mm-hmm. that sort of forces you to listen to what he's saying. Mm. Um. And it really, you know, it really comes through. It really sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's about what he discovers. It's about what he then decides to do with the information he has. Um, you know, because ultimately, yes, he's a human, but you know, these are these are they might be aliens, but they're people too, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I think the message of this this story for me, uh, infiltration, is really about understanding differences and I, I think it's really important in in the world right now um you know i know that a lot of countries uh not just yours and mine are divided at the moment over a variety of issues right and understanding that the people on the other side are people too is mm-hmm. kind of really important mm-hmm. so i wouldn't say that this is like a politically charged thing we wrote it years ago like it's not about any specific thing. But the thing is that this problem of people not understanding people who are on the other side of an issue Mm -hmm. is something that's been true about humanity forever, you know, for for millennia, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, it's, it's very hard to understand someone who's on the opposite side of an issue at times. 
And that's that's kind of why we wrote this story the way we did, because this guy, I wouldn't say he goes native, mm-hmm. but he begins to understand the other point of view. You know, that, that uh, he says at one point, look, they didn't want a fight. They weren't going to attack us. You know, that there was some kind of misunderstanding, but they weren't they weren't going to follow up. You know, they, they were just like, oh, these weirdos landed and we killed them because we had to defend ourselves. And then the end, you know, like hopefully they never come back. You know, it's it's not like they were actually building up a fleet to go and go and try and attack the consortium. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the consortium treated it like they're declared war. And, you know, there's there's a degree to which Haishang Hayden, uh, you know, the, the main character from the previous comic and the, you know, the, the major character in, in this one needs to accept some responsibility for her reaction to this situation. Because she was, you know, don't get me wrong, no one wants to lose a parent, you know, and and particularly under those circumstances, it's inexcusable. But her reaction was such that the consortium ended up at war, and a big part of that was down to her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another interesting point that I think that both the audio drama and the comic cover, which is what is the right kind of reaction to a situation? You can't always rise above something. It doesn't always work. You know, uh, if, if, if it hadn't been the case, you know, of what Liam finds and they had been preparing to attack, then they'd done exactly the right thing and they should attack and they should, you know, they should fight back as hard as they can or preemptively strike or whatever. But sometimes that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And some people's reactions push things in such a way. So yeah, I, I think it's a really fun story. I wrote it with John. Mm-hmm. And as I said, you may have spoken to him way back. Uh, maybe fans of the show can remember uh, whether you spoke to John about Infiltration, the bug war number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's now in audio drama format. It's very close to its goal. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a goal of three hundred pounds, uh, British pounds, and we're at two hundred and sixty-three. I imagine that's about ooh, maybe three hundred and sixty, three hundred and eighty dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. So you're almost there, which is a good thing. Now, important thing to say though is that it's all or nothing. It's only funded if you reach your goal by Sunday, December six, at four p.m. So that that's an important thing to keep in mind. Don't wait until that time. I always like to say. Because oh yeah, I mean, we what what happens? So if you're sat here listening right now and going, oh yeah, maybe I'll back that. Yes, back it now. And the reason you should back it now is when people see that a project has lots of support, they're more likely to come on board and support it. So leaving it until the last minute only means that other people are going to say no because one less person wasn't supporting it. You know, everyone has a different threshold. Everyone wants to see different things. But, you know, it it, it makes a huge difference. Each individual person, we don't have a massive number of backers on this project. We don't need a massive number of backers to make this project a reality. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've worked hard on it, and I'd like to see the cast and crew get rewarded more than the goal. But the goal is what we need, minimum. And all of the additional money that comes in, any profit that we make, it's split between the cast and the crew on the project. Um, none of it, none of it goes to me because I created it in the first place or anything like that. I get a small chunk as the writer because I wrote the um, the audio drama uh, from the comic. I adapted the comic into an audio drama, 
and I get a you know I get a chunk a small chunk again as the director. But other than that, very little goes to me. It's all about the cast and the crew. Um, so the people who did the audio editing, uh, Ben Spadaro, uh, new working with him, um, but he's fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. Um, Yosip and Jade, who plays Val, his virtual assistant, the uh, she's sort of a, an artificial intelligence, you might say. Um, and um, Mary Claire McLean, who played Hai Shang Hayden. Um, and the various other people who brought the characters to life, um, Adam Dergeman, James Leach, uh, they're all fantastic people, and they've been working with us for some time. We actually recorded this back last summer. Wow. Not, not 2020 summer, 2019 summer. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we, we recorded all this, and we had a lot of trouble with audio editors. So Ben really swooped in and, and saved us and got this off the ground and working and moving. Um, but we've got a lot more audio dramas to come. Um, you know, that they're not, you know, we've got so many of them already captured and recorded and literally just needing editing to go. And I'd like to show the people who are going to be doing the work that they're going to get a decent, a decent amount of money for doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's, it's not a tiny amount of work. Mm -hmm. It it takes a few hours. Right. Um, You got, you got to get your head together. You got to understand the character that takes time. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. you got to do that. So yeah, um, really, really exciting project. I mean, uh, it's it's never going to be huge. It's not going to be thousands of dollars. I'm not expecting that. Um, but it would be nice to to push it along, and it would be very nice if anyone's listening. You can get involved for just uh, three pounds. That's about four US dollars. Um, you can get involved for just that and get the the 17 minute audio drama uh, uh, through the. Um, uh, through the Kickstarter, that's pretty inexpensive. Yeah, I mean, it again, it doesn't need to be super expensive. I think three pounds for fifteen to twenty minutes is a fair number. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make anyone feel like they're overpaying. Um, I think, I think that three pounds, four dollars, is you know, it's it's a good number, and it's a number that I think even in COVID, a lot of people can spare a few dollars just to. Support a project, get a cool story, hear something that they'll be excited about, and you know, there's a sequel coming. You know, there's there's more coming. We're not we're not done. Yeah, you you made it possible for me to listen to. The, I, mm. I caught up again on the first one and on also on infiltration, which I enjoyed. The thing I want to do, and I didn't get a chance to do it yet, but I will. I want to sit and read the comic alongside and it. To, yeah, I, I think that would be a fun thing to do. So you've really asked me like about that before, I believe, on one mm-hmm. of the other projects. And I said, yes. ah, yeah, well, we added a couple of scenes here and there. That's not the case on Declaration or Infiltration. I believe what you will find, and forgive me for Declaration, because it was a little while ago we did it now. Um, uh, it was a little while ago we put it up. But for Infiltration, for sure, every single scene has a comic panel uh, a minimum one panel so you will literally be able to sit down and read through infiltration the comic and read through um uh, uh, sorry and listen through the audio drama and follow through and you will find it pretty much it's not exactly because you know there's some slight accent changes or whatever that mean the wording changes just a little but it you know all the action that's going on will be illustrated and the dialogue will be very very similar like okay. i'm 99 sure Sorry, in 99% of the dialogue, you will find no difference. Let's put it that way. Okay, 
Great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. I think that'll be fun. But as always, there's lots going on, lots of interesting things happening. Uh, it doesn't drag. Even when he's observing, the plot moves along at a nice clip. And it, it, it's really, you know, it, it's something that I don't get bored when I'm listening to it. And I think it's really good. I'm really, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward for the visuals being accompanied to it. Again, these these stories would make great animated movies or something like that i would would love to and i know john would love to it's just a case of money because you're talking so many thousands there you know and so much widespread support but if we can get you know if we can get the people who want uh you know who want to support that and make that a reality we'll do it we will i will put in a i will happily put in a stretch goal if we head towards ten thousand dollars I will happily put a stretch goal in to go, hey, we're going to animate at least part of this. I, I'd need to look into the prices. But yeah, no, I, I said it right here on, on Wayne's Comics. Um, I will. I will. I'll do that. I'd, look, I'd love for that to happen. I, it'd be good to do. And this is a good time for Kickstarter, too. There seems to be a lot of Kickstarters going on, and they're all – I haven't seen one fail that I uh, that I watch anyway. So I'm, I'm hoping that's a good sign for yours as well. I, I know you're going to get the, the goal. That's going to be a problem. But I think we do – I'd like to see the stretch goals really come along and, and really kind of take off and do some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be amazing, of course. Um, you know, we've got, we've got so much more that I think we can have to offer. Um, as indeed we did with the Titans rise. I mean, I came and spoke to you about Titans rise, didn't I? And we did really, really well on that. We, we had so much support and I'm so grateful for everyone who let us make that a reality and helped us. Um, and you know, uh, I, you know, we're, we're, we're in a situation where that's already been delivered. You know, like I've I've been able to send that out to all backers. Uh, you've probably had your own copy, actually, mm-hmm. by now. Um, and you know, we we don't really believe in hanging around or or mincing the turnaround times. You know, we we like to we like to get it moving and we like to push through. And and you know, it's ready. It needs the credits adding because someone might choose to be a producer, and we need to allow for that and and sort of allow people to to have that credit. Um, so I record the credits uh, at at a later time um, when when the Kickstarter is over. But apart from that, yeah, it's it's good to go. It's ready. Yeah, I got. I, I was enjoying listening to the first one because I got a producer credit at the end when I got when I heard you did yeah. <laughs> my name on there. So I thought that I, I I might have to push up to get that one again. I did support this already, but I, I didn't go with the producer. I don't know if I want to be a producer every time, but uh, on other uh, other hand, I do want to be a producer every time because <laughs> it's, mean, it's, it's great stuff. The producer, of course, is you know it's. It's an amount of money that lets us really say to it's what that money is actually about is about saying to the audio editors and the voice actors, hey, look, this person gave you an amount of money that you can actually look at and measure. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not right. just a case of, okay, you know, you got like 20p, you know, 20 pence or whatever. And and uh, and you know, that adds up over a hundred people to be, you know, to be a fair amount of money. It is a case of look. This one person really did give you a chunk of money to say, "Well done, you did a fantastic job." And that's that's why that that's why that producer credit is that amount of money. Yeah, yeah. It's just 
It's really great stuff. It won't let me up my pledge. It's a little no good. <laughs> I'm trying to up it, but it won't do it. I'll, I'll get to it later on. I'll come back and do it. But I, I am going to try to get that producer's thing because I just I enjoyed hearing my name on, associated with something so quality. And I just thought that would be – I'm going to have to do that again. And spoken by someone so quality, if I do say so myself. <laughs> so again let's make sure we get everybody to know it's on kickstarter it is under infiltration a sci-fi audio short and it's under the name associated with is air escapes so i want to make sure you get to that now you had mentioned to me there are things coming that we should be keeping our eyes out for uh you know without spoiling stuff what can you tell us that's coming that we need to keep you know watching for well um, there are a few things, and uh, I I am very excited. Uh, I think you're probably the only person I'm going to talk about this to this year, mm. right? So here we go. Here we go. Okay. So as you know, Violet Number Two was on Kickstarter not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Great book. It did fantastically well, um, and I'm so grateful again for everyone who helped to make that a reality. Um, it's been one of our most popular popular comics of all time so far for SOV Comics. Mm-hmm. And we are taking that as a sign that what we need to do is finish off some of the other stuff we've got, make sure that some of the stuff we've had on the back burner for up to two years mm-hmm. is moving forward. So what we've got coming next year is... We have a Penumbra comic, which I've, I've, I've spoken to you about this a few times. Um, if you imagine that Blue Shift, Violet, Penumbra, and Lacuna are kind of like the Avengers, mm-hmm. in the sense that all of their stories are destined to be intertwined at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Penumbra is Thor. Basically, Penumbra is the story that shows you what the main part of this combined story is going to be, hmm. right? You know, it's it's about you know it's about the the. I, hey, I don't do origin stories very often, but it's actually about the birth of the villain hmm. um, of this story, who I won't say is anything like Loki. It really is not. <laughs> okay. um, but um, but but. Uh, in fact, quite quite the opposite. But John and I have just wrapped up writing on issue one of what we're calling Cascade. And Cascade is the first issue uh, of... Uh, Cascade number one, I should say. is the first issue of a three-part series which will see Penumbra, Violet, Blue Shift, and Lacuna team up. And that will be coming to Kickstarter after the Penumbra comic does. Um, The Penumbra comic has been written for some time. The artwork's finished and it's just been lettered by my good friend Keith Draws, um, who also lettered the Violet comic. And then I I went through and and did some tweaks. And again, with with the Penumbra comic, I will go through and do some tweaks. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's super exciting. Um, we've got the Penumbra comic coming. That'll come early next year. We've got the Cascade comic. That'll be coming slightly later next year, obviously, because it has to follow on. 
Um, and I expect to be producing the Cascade. My ideal, I don't know that we'll make this, but my ideal would be that all three issues of the Cascade comic come out next year. Mm. So sort of four in that sequence all come out next year. Wow, that's great. But that's nowhere near enough for us because you know us, <laughs> right? Right. So we are, we are currently in the process of drawing a new comic. Um, I just gave the, uh, the script to the, um, uh, to the artist this morning. Uh, which is called Drift. Um, and Drift is a very interesting character who I don't want to give too much away about yet. But um, if you can imagine a character who ha- basically has a perfect life out of the mosque, mm-hmm. and every single influence in the mosque wants to push her out of wearing the mosque. Hmm. Right? Um, you know, her life would be so easy if she just went, okay, well, I'm going to forget about the fact I have powers. Um, I don't care about being a hero. I'm just going to live my life. Because she has, you know, uh, sort of she is the smart, popular girl. Um, you know, she has friends. She has, you know, she has everything. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as she puts on the mask, she is a D-list superhero with... You know, like like who is ridiculed and, you know, and it's all about this internal conflict of, okay, look, but I've got powers. Shouldn't I be a hero? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Versus the, but it sucks being a hero. It really, really does. Like, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do it because it's horrible every day that I'm a hero. And I think that's a really interesting sort of personal struggle to sort of go through. Mm-hmm. And that's what this comic's about. That comic's about the personal struggle she's going to go through. Hmm. Um, and I, I wrote the story concept with a guy called uh, Josh Skyber. Nice guy. Um, I, I took over when we got to the writing, uh, but we came up with the concept together um, and he did a little bit of dialogue for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's gone to the artist now. Um, so I'm waiting for, for the first few sketches um, today. You know, it's Ooh. gone. Um, we've got Fauna number two coming down the line. Um, you may remember Fauna, the, the shapeshifter who can turn into uh, various different animal forms and have different powers when he does. Okay. Um, he uh, overcame a very difficult villain uh, in his first in his first comic. And this one's going to be featuring Rampage from the Violet comics. Okay. So what's happened is Rampage has broken out of prison. And he is now in Fauna's city. And as Fauna's lizard form looks a lot like Rampage, there's a lot of confusion about who it is that's mauling these people. And that's going to be a very hard thing for Fauna to deal with because, you know, he's reliant on the community trusting him and believing in him. So that that should be a really really cool story as well. Like we've got the obvious mistaken identity stuff, but we've got the you know how do I prove I'm a hero? Question. Which again, I'm not. You know, I, I've come on here many times. I've never claimed that anything we've done is completely unique and original. But I think our takes on it are, are generally fairly original. And I'd like to believe that that fauna number two rampage it's called is going to give us 
sort of this this question how do I prove I'm a hero? You know, it's something that in essence Spider-Man has struggled with ever since J. Jonah Jameson started. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you prove you're a hero? You you can't. People will always see menace or negativity in what it is you do. So, you know, that's I just think that's an interesting question. I think it'll be good fun to tackle that with Fauna. Um, I've got Dorothy's Jean back to work with me on Fauna. She's uh, working on the, the script now, the first draft script, mm-hmm. um, after I wrote the arc. Uh, so I've written the arc for the story, and she's gone away to, to write the first draft script. We've also got the villain from Fauna community, for anyone who remembers the first Fauna comic. Um, she is going to show up again uh, in a comic with Vigilance. Um, who, again, you're going to know by that stage from Penumbra's comic, because she features in Penumbra's comic. So kind of what I've got is a lot of sort of, oh, here's this hero story, here's that hero story, here's what happened to that villain after that event. Here's, you know, and the thing is that all of these heroes live in the same universe, and, and the same people exist once you get to the top of the superhero world. Mm-hmm. And they're real people. And they are, they are, they're always real people. You, you, you know, I like to do that. Um, the only other thing I have to tell you is that Jennifer and I are working on a three issue arc for Violet, uh, numbers three to five. Um, it's going to be a three issue arc and we're going to cover a lot of the things that have been hanging for a while. It is our plan to include within those three issues, her origin story. It is our plan to include who that guy is that seems to be watching her all the time, the mm-hmm. trench coat guy. Oh, yeah. It is our plan to talk about what has been going on all this time and where all these people have come from and why. Mm-hmm. It is our plan to talk about her parents and their immigration status. Mm-hmm. We are going to be covering a lot in this. We're going to be showing you who Violet is and then looking at who she might have to become. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to be a really, really good set of issues. Just, I'm so proud of both of the Violet issues so far. And with the second one, you know, generally being said to be better than the first, obviously that's a lot of pressure. But Jennifer and I are up to it, I think. And I think three, four, and five can be even better still. I think we can continue to improve, continue to tell stories that really mean something and really touch people. Yeah, I loved one and two. I thought I thought I finally got to read the, the, all of them or two, which I enjoyed. I thought it was really great. I was curious because I had seen the the early pages, but not the latter ones. When I got to read the latter ones, I was very satisfied. I said, "That's really good. That rendered really well." I thought. And uh, uh, obviously, where you ended was Rampage's unexpected experience uh, appearance. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, and that was where I ended that halfway. That's where the comic would have ended. If the uh, stretch goal hadn't been met, mm. so it's a good thing we made the stretch goal because uh, you know it's it's a bit of a cliffhanger that one. Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait for the other ones. Um, gosh, there's so many good characters that you guys have come up with and developed. So I am so looking forward to seeing them all kind of bounce off each other. It's going to be interesting to see their reactions. I think I think it is, and I think there's something in there for everyone who's a fan of any character, right? So whichever character you are most a fan of, you know, whether it's Violet or Blue Shift or Lacuna or Penumbra or one of the villains like Rampage or, um, you know, whoever it is you're a fan of, whoever it is you think, wow, that's a really cool character. 
mm-hmm. I'd like to think that I'm going to be able to deliver something over the next year or so that you're going to like, you know, that you're going to find the the one character I would have to say is an exception. And perhaps this is a tragedy. Um, at the moment, I don't have anything planned for unnamed. Mm, that's interesting because she just got introduced in Violet. She did. Yeah. And she's going to have to go off and have her own adventure. Um, there's a, uh, you know, that again, I don't want to give too much away about the sort of meta plot as it were. Um, but Lacuna's next adventure is going to eventually involve her. Hmm. Um, but I'm not entirely sure when I'm going to start on that because uh, the writer I did Lacuna with, um, she is perpetually busy, usually on projects with me. Um, and uh, and at the moment, uh, we can't find any hole in our schedule to write the next Lacuna comic. Hmm. So, you know, we, we have a lot of things we want to do and it's going to be really great. And I'm really looking forward to it. But if you're an unnamed fan, you might have to wait a little bit longer. But I hope that you can find something to like in some of the other characters. Well, there's plenty of good things going on. I really enjoy the books. I think you guys put out quality product. And I just think it's it's something fun to read and yet adventure and yet real people. The whole, All the elements that I like in a comic are all there. So I highly recommend people get involved because there's, this is, it's nice to read good stuff. And I read a lot get- of stuff. Sorry. And you can get all of our back issues on the Shades of Vengeance store at www.shadesofvengeance.com slash store. You can get all of the issues that we've just talked about, you know, the the earlier issues. Um, You can just go and grab them all. Um, They're in digital. They're in physical. I can send them out to you in an envelope. Um, I'm more than happy to do so. I have, you know, I have hard copies of all these things. Absolutely love it. Um, I, I love reading physical comics still. I think it's so rare these days for, for indies to actually be able to to sort of get stuff out to you in a physical format. So many people, it's either a graphic novel length, in which case, yeah, sure, fine. Or it's a comic and it's like, yeah, sorry, this is just digital. I find mm-hmm. yeah. Um And I think that's a bit sad because I love to, I love to sort of pick up a comic and read it. Mm-hmm. Well, if the only way I can get it is a digital, I'll get digital. So yeah. I, I, I oh, yeah. with that. So, but but these things are all great things. And and uh, how do people, if somebody wanted to order a, a a paper copy, how would they do it? So it's uh, it's just a product on our store. You can just go to um, shadesofvengeance.com/store. Um, you can click on comics uh, at the top. Um, not not at the very top, but there's like under the store bit. There's a there's a sort of I want to see the role playing games. I want to see the comics kind of thing. You can click on comics, and then there's just a list of comics, and you can get any of the any of the comics that we've released to date. Uh, you can't get Violet Number Two in in paper form yet. Um, I like to give people who back the Kickstarter a short period of kind of exclusivity, as it were. Um, I like to give them a few months of yeah, no one else has this. This is yours because you help make it happen. Right, exclusive. Ah, indeed. Yes. Yes, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's all great stuff. I highly recommend it. Um, if, on social media, how do people follow you? So we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shades of Vengeance. Uh, we are on Twitter at Shades underscore of underscore Venge, because it won't fit Shades of Vengeance. Uh, it's one character <laughs> too short. Uh, we are on Instagram at the same. And we are on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Oh, no. It's youtube.com slash Shades of Vengeance. My bad. Um, You can also, uh, at the bottom of our website, you can find a link to our Discord. And you can join us up there on Discord. Uh, We we talk every day. 
you know, I'm I'm around, uh, Leo's around the, the the head of audio, John's around on occasion. Um, we talk to the fans, we run games, um, you know, and you can ask us absolutely anything whenever you like. Oh, great, great. I always kind of feel like you guys are the future because this mix of audio and uh, and, and comics and other areas and gamings, all these things, uh, once you get that animated aspect to it, <laughs> you know, geared up and going, I think you guys will be, you'll be a, a model for other companies to follow because I just think you do. Not only is it, you know, future or forward looking, it, it's good. It's, it's a good story. And that always makes me happy. I'm so glad when you guys do these things. Thank you so much. I mean, I, I said this last time when we spoke about Violet, and it, it 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 is an honor to have someone like yourself who has a wider experience of indie comics than I I will ever claim to have. You know, to uh, and comics in general to you know then to sit down and go, yeah, okay, you know what, I can I can put you up there and I can say, yeah, this is this is good, you know, and that that means a hell of a lot, and that's that's what we try to work to. You know, we try to work so that people like you can pick up our next thing and go, wow, this really is actually as good as the last thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have earned any praise that comes your way because you work hard at it and you make good things happen. So all I can say, Ed, is as always, just keep it up and uh, we'll be here waiting for the next thing to come because we know it's going to be something we'll enjoy. I'm, I look forward to coming back. Thank you so much for having me again. Um, and yeah, guys, um, if you're listening... Uh, we've got Infiltration, a sci-fi audio short. It's on Kickstarter right now. We are we are inches from funded at this moment uh, as we record. May even be over the line when we're uh, when we're there. So please check it out, support it if you can. It's only three pounds, uh, four dollars. We could really use your support. Hey guys, this is Frank Ogle, writer of Dead End Kids and No Heroin. You recently heard me on the show to talk about my new book, Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job. Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job follows three former friends who have all been deeply affected by the events of September 11th as they struggle alone to cope with the long-term effects of that tragic day and what happens to them when they find a bag of cash stolen from a local drug kingpin. I just wanted to drop by and remind you guys that Dead End Kids Suburban Job is currently up for pre-order. For those of you who haven't checked out the original Dead End Kids, the Suburban Job is a fresh start, a new cast and a new place with a new crime. For those of you who love the original series, we've got the entire creative team back together again to bring you more of what you loved the first time around. But whether you're a new or returning reader, I think you'll really dig the new series. If you want to check out Dead End Kids Suburban Job, be sure to get your pre-orders in at your local comic shop by December 4th. That's a wrap for this episode. Until next time, keep reading your comics.